deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, DC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, how are you feeling? We kind of we kind of had to shake the cobwebs loose a little bit with a with a common room today, talking about uh, a different media property. How how are you feeling? Uh, still a little tired. Uh, I was on mm-hmm. my uh, you know third cup of coffee when we were doing that, and now I am on my first cherry coke of the day. Ooh, cherry zero van- or uh, ch- cherry vanilla, cherry regular cherry zero? cherry cherry regular? coke zero. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, I I'm a big fan. I've I've kind of pivoted to the cherry because I I will say you know we we've been um, proponents of the Borange beer on this show. I've had I have had so much Borange beer. Borange beer is very good. The 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 vanilla orange the or yeah the orange vanilla zero. However, I've kind of been noticing a problem with the orange vanilla zero that has not ruined it for me. But I was like maybe I should switch to something else for a little bit to to get the magic back. How, why does it go flat so fast? Um, I have not had this problem, and that's a me thing, because I drink anything in front of me extremely fast. I'm one of those <laughs> people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I have something in front of me, I, I can't, I, maybe I'm like a nervous sipper. Mm. I, that's what I think it is, but like, it doesn't matter what it is, coffee, tea, um, soda anything and i just i drink it in like two seconds okay okay so you so you've not encountered this problem maybe that maybe that needs to be my strategy with the boring everything everything is a capri sun to me okay okay maybe i'll try that because yeah i i you know i i really enjoy the orange beer i think it's a very nice flavor um but it definitely like i will you know if i'm if i'm cracking open a orange beer and sitting down to play some halo reach uh and and you know I get through a couple Slayer games, maybe I'm getting really into it, uh, and I forget to take some sips, and then I'm like, oh, this is already flat. See, uh, that's the thing, is even if, I, even if I'm gaming, that makes me drink even faster, because I get pissed. I'm also, I like get <laughs> pissed, and I like drink even faster. <laughs> oh, God, we're going to have so much, I feel like, you know, a, a lot of our like tertiary gaming habits have sort of seeped into the show all the time right like we're talking about league a lot we talk about like pokemon and and like rpg lore a lot on this show sure i feel like halo's time has come Mm. uh because they've released they released the first part of the the master chief collection on steam uh and i've been playing a lot of halo reach uh recently and and I'm remembering like all of the Halo lore that I knew as a teen from reading all the books and stuff is like being reactivated in my brain. Um, That's gonna be tough because I do not know any of the Halo lore. I've played Halo. It's one of those games that I just don't pay attention to what's happening. Sure. <sighs> Halo's real good. Ha- Halo is a good. That's a good game. A good game to sip some orange beer too. But maybe. Maybe I will just try and drink my orange beer faster to avoid. Uh, I don't uh, recommend it. I do not recommend <laughs> just like pounding orange <laughs> beer. It's just, just it is truly disgusting. <laughs> it is disgusting how fast I can drink soda. 
<sighs> oh, I got a can. I was out and about uh, last weekend, and I found a can of what I... Probably not the same brand, but, like, I, I went to this, like, fancy drink store, and they had that, like... Or a, a, le- a lavender seltzer, like the mm. lavender or le- mm. lemon seltzer thing. So I bought one of those. Delicious. So I'll be able to... I'll be able to try that maybe on our next gaming episode or something. I'll, I'll crack that one open and we can compare because because uh, because you you said that that sounded or you said that, that was pretty good and it sounded good when we were recording Order of the Phoenix. Uh, I like some lavender. Yeah, yeah, it's very tasty. I try to uh, kind of wean myself off of like I was gonna say like sugary soda. I guess I just mean sweet soda because after a while sure. it's just it becomes it becomes disgusting. We're we're not sponsored <laughs> by Coke. Coca Cola is a disgusting no. beverage. <laughs> evil evil company, evil beverage. But I do like that orange beer. We have uh, a little bit of news to cover since we've been taking a week off. Um, I guess we should start with the like really important actually pressing one which is that jk rowling changed her twitter header okay um (laughs) do you do tarot readings uh i'm learning i'm a tarot learner um i have a couple of decks i have a couple of books on it um uh from what i can gather and for also from like because i did a little digging on like what other people were posting and interpreting it as i i don't know I don't think uh, here's my thing. I don't think JK Rowling does tarot. Um because the 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 the, the like set that she posted, three cards, uh, uh it was death, one of uh, ace of swords and two of cups. Um isn't r- like a super like hard read on anything, I guess. I I guess this this is the, what I would expect. This is the level of read I want. I want the level mm-hmm. of read that I assume that she did, which is read the Wikipedia page for each each one. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It, 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 she she probably I I would imagine that like posting these three I would imagine these are three separate thoughts she had and not like this is one tarot reading. <sighs> right. Yeah. Um. Like the like like the way that people Google individual Latin words and put together very poorly. Mm. I kind of that's kind of what I I got uh, from this. Um. But uh. So yeah. It's the first one, Ace of Swords. Uh. Uh. uh second one, Death. And then the the third one was uh. Uh. The, the uh, Two of Cups. A lot of people saw the Two of Cups, which is a, a love card, and seemed like, oh, someone's going to die, and then there's going to be a romantic relationship in the movie. But it's not <laughs> the lovers. Two of Cups is like a very, like a small uh, uh, personal uh, 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 statement of love thing. So I, I, here's the thing. I'm probably reading, I'm probably like doing way too much reading into this. I, maybe JK Rowling just saw like, oh, it says love on it. Uh, we I, need to knows? hit, we need to hit some sort of middle ground between you who knows a little bit too much about tarot and me who knows nothing. <laughs> um, can we do like well, some I, dream interpretation style stuff? Like, like hit, like, okay, so two of cups. What, so small personal love statement. What does that mean? It, uh, I mean, like that can be a friendship. Uh, that can be like a kind act, uh, a compliment. I don't know. Like, like, like all this stuff is very vague, right? Sure. Uh, um, uh, but it, but the, like, it would not be like, uh, you know, 
undying romantic love or something like that, which is what I think a lot of people talking about this uh, 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 have been kind of seeing it as is like what it means for the movies, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Death. um, I mean, she loves to advertise character deaths are coming up, right? Yeah, but that's not what it means in tarot, right? It's like change or right, whatever. It means like the the death of a concept, the death of a constant, right? The uh, a big change. Um, But uh, but (laughs) but here is my thing. Uh, I think I think she's wishing death upon her co-writer that has been forced upon her. That is that is my she's interpretation. Saying, she's saying it's on site with with Steve Close. It's on site with <laughs> if he if he tells me I can't put another baby murder in this movie again. It's on site, right? Um, in in the Binding of Isaac, the death card does a small amount of damage to all of the enemies in the room, uh, which Hell is similar, which is similar yes. to the small amount of damage that everyone in the theater is going to take watching the movie. <laughs> Um, there is a detail about her posting this, uh, or re- making this image update, um, that is a little, I would say, worrying, perhaps, for our interpretations here. Uh-oh. Um, is that apparently, this is according to a commenter on MuggleNet, so I'm, I'm not, you know, make of that what you will. Uh, but apparently, uh, this was posted on the character Cormoran Strike's birthday. Oh, boring. Yeah. So, so, so rather than Fantastic Beats, it might be more noteworthy that the header changed on Corman Strike's birthday. Fans of that series, me included, are hoping this means she's hard at work on book five. There are four books already. There are four of those. We gotta catch up. Uh, the interpretation of the three tarot cards that I have fits the fans' long-hoped-for resolution of Corbin Strike and Robin Ellicott's complicated relationship. We really hope that this new header is pointing to the fifth book in the Strike series. So, make of that what you will, I suppose. Can you tell me a little bit uh, about the sword The sword card? Uh, Ace of Swords. Uh, uh, so, this is... Hold on. Let me, let me pull up a handy-dandy guide here. Uh, so it's from the Thoth Tarot, which is the Crowley version. Um, and I actually don't know. I don't remember much about the sword. Uh, maybe, maybe she's been playing will, Pokemon willpower. Sword. It's, it's like, like willpower, strength through adversity, that kind of thing. She's been playing Pokemon Sword, you're saying? Fuck! <laughs> Shit, maybe she has. Maybe that's why she's been so busy i I want so badly for her to comment on any any of the numerous arguments happening about that game i i so badly want her to just appear out of nowhere (laughs) maybe maybe this header is just her message to game freak it's like pokemon sword death um (laughs) but i like a little bit i like some of the new pokemon We've, we've cracked the code. Wait, what What day did she... Maybe when she changed it, what day did Smogon release their first tier list? That's a good question. I think they, if it was the same day that Smogon released the first tier list, maybe that she's just like, fuck, I'm so mad. Wobbuffet is no longer OU. I'm so pissed. Game, game Freak wide. <laughs> we've cracked the code. 
Um, uh, this is actually a really fortuitous uh, a topic for us to be discussing this week because our next order of business mm. is also about uh, uh, completely arbitrary magical readings of things. We have another Myers Briggs article to read. I've, I'm so excited. I we saw this yesterday. This was published yesterday. How? I, I saw the headline appear. I sent it to you, and then I immediately was just like, I can't read. I need to exit out of this right now. I need to, because we need to read this. We need to experience this together. <laughs> this is from MuggleNet.net.com. MuggleNet. Muggle. Dot, dot it's from MuggleNet. Yep. <laughs> Dobby the house elf has an ESPF personality. <laughs> Here we fucking go. <laughs> Hmm. We've sorted Picket the Bow Truckle and Dougal the Demi guys into their Myers Briggs personality uh, types, you but sure now it's have. time to sort Dobby the house. It's elf. time. Just in time for Christmas. Thank you, MuggleNet. <laughs> the easiest part of the process was identifying Dobby as an extrovert. Dobby is a people pleaser and a social creature. He feels comfortable whenever he has friends to guide him, friends such as Harry. Whenever Dobby is alone, he seems sad, so it's only natural to sort him into the extrovert category. Wait, okay, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, Harry Potter is from Harry Potter's point of view. What secret yeah. knowledge of Dobby being alone does Muggle yeah. have? What is this line on alone time with Dobby? Is there like a <laughs> hidden, like a hidden chapter <laughs> of one of these books that's just Dobby alone? That's what it's called, Are Dobby we, alone. Is, is there like a Dobby show we're not aware of where like Dobby is alone and depressed? Is there like Dobby Bojack Horseman that right. we're missing somewhere? Right. Like... <laughs> Out of all the personality types, Dobby is the ESPF personality, also known as the entertainer. At first, Dobby seems like the exact opposite of an entertainer. When people think of entertainers, they think of people who thrive in front of a crowd. Lots of praise makes Dobby uncomfortable, so crowds wouldn't be a good fit for him. However, Dobby likes to praise people, a main trait of entertainers. The strengths of this personality type are originality, eagerness, optimism, and enthusiasm. Entertainers also have excellent observation skills. All these traits remind me of Dobby. Dobby is always eager to please, especially when he works for the <laughs> Malfoy family. Wait, I don't think he likes pleasing the Malfoy family. He, 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 he seemed very conflicted about that one. Uh, above all else, he's a character. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Dobby is one of a kind and original. No other house elf is like him. Mm. Dobby does get upset sometimes, but he tends to think the best of people. He refuses to insult the Malfoy family, even though they are awful people. It's, he's magically bound not to. He's their slave. He is their slave. He even before Dobby meets Harry, he believes him to be a kind and brave person. Dobby's optimistic attitude makes him hard to resist as a friend. Even if Harry didn't think they'd be, ever be friends, Dobby convinced him over time. Another important trait of Dobby's is his enthusiasm for everything under the sun. He's always eager to aid his friends. No matter the situation, Dobby's excited to be part of the event. In Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, when Dobby, when Harry asks Dobby to follow Draco around, oh shit, we're getting some Dobby content in this book. I'm so glad. Uh, Dobby leaps at the op opportunity. To anyone else, this may seem like a boring task, but Dobby is happy to help his friend Harry. In this case, Dobby's observation skills were put to good use. One weakness of the ESPF personality that reminds me of Dobby is sensitivity. 
This personality type gets very emotional when someone holds a grudge against them or treats them unfairly. Mm. Unlike other personalities, only, only, oh, damn, only extroverts get upset when someone holds a grudge against them or treats them unfairly. That's true. Unlike most house cells, Davi senses when he is being mistreated. He takes it personally whenever anyone is mean to him. His reaction is always volatile, which I find upsetting. I wish Dobby could learn to deal with negative people instead of hurting himself as a consequence. Anytime something bad happens in the Harry Potter series, Dobby believes that it is his fault. He physically punishes himself, but luckily this behavior lessens once he's free of the Malfoy family. Again, he was their magical slave and he had to do that. <laughs> could, uh, was, was magically bound to bang his head against the cabinet. Uh, another ESPF weakness is their inability to deal with conflict. This is a consistent problem for Dobby. At the beginning of the Harry Potter series, Dobby shuts down whenever a conflict occurs. Whenever someone argues with him or people start yelling at each other, Dobby reacts negatively. Uh, mm. Entertainers feel uncomfortable what dealing with conflict. What is this fan fiction? What, when this does is, this happen? <laughs> yeah, what, how many times are people like having tense arguments in front of Dobby all the time? And he's like, please stop. This makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm really uncomfortable so with this conflict. We can't, we can't do this in front of Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense for Dobby because we only see him happy when he's being praised or encouraged. What defines entertainers isn't their ability to connect with people, but their ability to be generous and warm. While most extroverts are confident and popular, this extrovert personality type doesn't guarantee popularity so much as dedication. This is essential Dobby. When he is extroverted, he struggles to make friends. He doesn't have strong social skills, but he's eager to please. He's loyal and energetic, uh, uh, and he will do anything to eventually gain him friends. However, at the start of the series, Dobby's personality comes off as intense and overeager. He's one of the many characters in the Harry Potter series whom readers don't immediately like, but grow to love over time. Who doesn't immediately love Dobby? I want to talk to them. I just want to talk. Who yeah. doesn't love this little elf? I mean, this is a, it's a very popular idea. People get real mad about Dobby. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. He's so good. We read like 10, 10 posts on the show of people. There's like two a week where someone's like, uh, unpopular opinion. I hate Dobby. Oh, yeah. I, I, I try and flush the negativity out, you know? I, I know. I, 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 can't, I can't deal with Dobby negativity. I know. For me, I didn't like Hermione, Ginny, Mad-Eye, or Arthur immediately, but these characters with intense personalities soon became favorites of mine. Hmm. Dobby has an ESPF personality due to his honest and humble nature. He is eager to help his friends, but he doesn't brag about his powerful magical skills. He is dedicated to the right causes and doesn't possess an evil bone in his body. There's a reason why many Potterheads call Dobby an innocent character. It's because Dobby wants nothing except to do the right thing. This personality may come off as naive or even unrealistic, but entertainers just want to help out. They don't possess ulterior motives. They are just natural people pleasers. He has to be. It is it is his literal magical nature. He 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 is cosmically bound to I think to Dobby serve. could be a little bit evil. I think I think he could have a mischievous streak. Yeah, I mean he he he's his he tried to like bludgeon Harry yeah. multiple times. His idea of like like keeping Harry away from school was to try and get him killed. <laughs> Uh, or maimed or whatever. Uh, uh, that's <laughs> he's he's got a little bit of a, a, a an evil streak for sure. Maybe accidental, but nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. I, but uh, but I'm so 
I cannot believe, like, like I was already having such a good time with the uh, the Dougal and Pickett ones of these, but just logging on, it's, it, you know, we've taking a week off. What's in the news? Cracking open, dusting off last week's newspaper, seeing what we missed. Right. And turns out that actually the main thing that we missed was two hours prior, someone had published an article about Dobby's Myers-Briggs reading. Incredible stuff. I I love just how uh people can have such different different reads on a character than me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um speaking of different reads on characters, we've got some Snape content to get to. Should we get to our reading for this week? Yes, let's let us please get to our reading. Uh this week we read chapter 9. It's called The Half-Blood Prince. Um, we are still, so <laughs> we took a week off and I, um, I kind of had a double take when I first started this chapter because Harry is still talking to Ron and Hermione about what he heard on the train. And I was like, am I reading the same chapter over again? I hope I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, wait, what? Haven't we already had this conversation? <laughs> um, we, we open up and Harry's talking about what he heard Malfoy say on the train again to Ron and Hermione. But finally, someone that he talks to, and it's Hermione, is like, oh, he's probably not a Death Eater, but I guess it's a big lie to tell. So Harry's feeling a little bit like, yes, finally, someone a little bit believes what I'm saying. Um, it's time for everyone to get their schedules. Um, we have a little bit of that that same kind of lingering guilt where Hermione is finding out that Hagrid thought that they were all going to take his class. And for some reason, he doesn't know that they're not taking his class. Um, uh McGonagall like comes around and, and gives Harry his schedule, um, and it's at this point when we we find out that Harry is allowed to take potions uh, because Slughorn only requires you to get an E um, in your OWLs to continue in the class. Um, and in the meantime, since he didn't know he was taking the class, he can borrow some books and materials. Um, we also have a, a kind of small scene where McGonagall gives Neville. A bit of a pep talk. It sounds like uh, his grandmother wanted him, to, wanted him to take Transfiguration, but McGonagall like won't let him continue if he didn't have a good enough score. Um, but McGonagall says like it's perfectly respectable to take charms or whatever. Um, we find out that Trelawney and uh, Ferenz are going to split uh, teaching duties, and the sixth years will be taking classes from Trelawney. Um, we basically go right into Defense Against the Dark Arts after that, and we get Snape's first uh, defense class, um, and he's he's really, really vamping. Uh, he's talking about how uh, cool and badass the Dark Arts are, and it's really, it's going to be hard to fight them because they're un- unbeatable. Um and and Harry's kind of reflecting on how it sounds like he likes the dark arts actually. Um, the the task that they are assigned is to do uh, nonverbal um, spells, which is very difficult. Uh, Snape says it takes a lot of mind power to do it. Um, he also mentions uh, the zombies in the class, the Inferius, um, and somebody kind of cuts in and is like, "Is Voldemort using them again?" And Snape says, "I don't know, maybe." Um, Harry uh, is kind of struggling to do to do the nonverbal spells. Hermione, I think, gets one, um, and Snape decides to like suddenly demonstrate a spell on Harry, and he like casts a 
a, a verbal spell back and then kind of sasses Snape. It's the it's the famous line, uh, you don't have to call me sir. Um, so Snape gives him detention. Um, after the class, Snape is, or not Snape, Harry is, is upset and is kind of carrying on about how horrible Snape is as a teacher and is saying to Hermione and Ron, like, well, he doesn't sound like he... Uh, wants to fight the dark arts it sounds like he likes them all that stuff and Hermione kind of cuts him off and is like you know he sounded kind of like you did when you were teaching the DA and Harry is flattered enough by that that he uh, stops complaining Uh, it's at that moment that Jack Sloper arrives Uh, he was Jack Sloper Jack Sloper is here Uh, he has has hand delivered a letter from Dumbledore for some reason um, and he apparently was a beater last book on the Quidditch team that maybe we didn't ever see. Um, And Dumbledore uh, has written a note to Harry about when their first lesson will be. uh, And darn it, it happens to be at the same time as Snape's detention. Um, Ernie gets reintroduced uh, right before potions class. um, And he basically just says, hi, I'm mentioning it here because I don't know why it's why it's there. Um, In and we get our first potions class with Slughorn. He has a bunch of cool potions around, and he, and Hermione kind of for the first time gets a chance to show off in potions. Says that she knows what everything is, um, and and Slughorn asks her who she's related to because he's very impressed. Uh, but then he realizes that um, she's the the Muggleborn that that Harry was talking about uh, when they had that little confrontation uh, in their first meeting. Uh, and this is kind of that moment where we see Slughorn maybe decide that he's going to invite her to the Slug Club as well because she's so talented. Um, we also, that one of the potions that she identifies as a love potion, uh, and it becomes extremely obvious that Harry is in love with Ginny at this part, just by magic. Yeah, um, yeah. I, he's like, oh, I smell uh, something flowery that I smell at the burrow, and also, uh, like... A broomstick handle, um, which is, I don't know what that means, um, <laughs> which, I mean, it becomes obvious that it's Ginny a little bit later if it's not as obvious enough already, um, uh, but I'll get to that. Uh, Harry gets his book assigned, and he has to take a ratty old one, and, you know, darn it, someone's written all over in this book, um, and and Slughorn says, you know, if you can brew this really difficult potion, whoever gets um, gets the closest to it can have some of this luck potion. Um, Harry follows the mysterious instructions in the book and happens to, for the first time, brew the best potion in the class to the disappointment of Hermione. Um, after class, um, Hermione and Ron are like, hey, what the hell? How'd you do that? And Harry has to be like, well, this book has special instructions in it, and Hermione is and he's a little bit defensive. He's like, you're going to say it's cheating. To which Ron cuts in and says, you took a risk and it paid off, which is maybe my favorite, like, dumb Ron <laughs> character moment. Sorry, editorializing. It's really hard when I, it's really hard when I, the book is, like, new again to me. Yeah, uh, not yeah. To, not to comment. Um, it's at this moment that Ginny arrives and is like, you haven't been listening to a book, have you? Um, and... And also, it's as she's, like, walking in to be like, you can't listen to a book. Remember what happened when I listened to a book? Um, Harry is like, oh, I smell what I smelled in the love potion. Um, So there's that. Um, They examine the book to find out if it's cursed or whatever uh, and find the fateful words, property of the half-blood prince. That's the chapter. 
I'm having to like physically restrain myself to talk about this chapter in order. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, I had a similar reaction when I started reading this. Where I was like, "Wait a minute, am I reading the am I reading the one we last read?" Um, but they're still having that conversation, and I am at least somewhat thankful that Hermione is um like at least a little bit on board with maybe not trusting Malfoy. But I cannot believe, I felt like I was just <clears throat> falling down an endless an endless staircase of pain, uh, uh, realizing that her, <laughs> her like, one, like, like, the one thing that is making her maybe consider this is like, well, that would be a big lie. Would it, Hermione? Is that really such a big lie? Like, oh, damn, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. That's, that is maybe the number one lie teenagers tell. That's all that, teenagers say constantly. Yeah, moving on. Uh, big things coming. Big things coming for me. I, th- I think that I might be the quarterback this year. That's that's a that's a te- that's a teen lie right there. I'm graduating from the school of hard knocks. I'm the CEO of I'm me. Uh, start starting. I think I'm going to start a business after I graduate. Moving on to bigger <laughs> and better things. Yeah, absolutely not really that big of a lie for Malfoy to tell. I'm imagining a a continuing, um, the book is entirely comedy from now on. Malfoy is doing, is escalating, doing more and more suspicious bullshit stuff. But the entire conflict is Harry going back to his friends and like, did you see what Malfoy just did? And they're like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. This... Alternatively, I just want the story where Malfoy is like changing his his like Facebook job to like CEO of me and <laughs> and like 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 making making cool T-shirts that he's ordering from Cafe Press and and selling to people. And so I'm a I'm a CEO. I'm the business owner. I'm starting a oh I'm starting and, and a the whole and brand. the whole time like Harry is just like convinced like he's going to be a billionaire and Hermione's like mm, I don't know Harry <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Harry. He sold, like, takes like a fifty percent of- cut. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Yeah, yeah. The Mal- Malfoy. Yeah, I. I like I said. I'm glad. I'm glad that at least one of these characters is like maybe on board with sort of being suspicious of Malfoy. But that reasoning is so funny to me. Oh, you know, Malfoy would never lie about doing something cool. That seems like a pretty big lie, don't you think? Uh- Malfoy would have the foresight to not want that one to come bite him in the butt later. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Um but yeah, I'm I'm at least glad we got that. Uh okay. Promising myself. I'm going chronological. What have what happens directly after that? We're getting what, our we get- schedules. They feel so bad. Hagrid is so sad and and just pathetic. That part is cute. I kind of like this part. Is there the... is there no biology in like why why is paramagical creatures like animal husbandry and not yeah, like because... also biology especially from it's... what we know the Newt Scamander book which is just like a biology textbook yeah especially because like y- y- like you mentioned it's sort of like animal husbandry but like as far as we know there's like no agriculture in this world right like there's not. Like the the one the one piece of livestock we know about is dragons, and those seem like more like they're more hunted than anything else, right? Uh, I, I just really like, am interested. Like, is this a case where it's like this is supposed to be the biology class, but it's just useless because Hagrid doesn't actually teach it? Right. 
Right. Because otherwise, would more people be taking it? It feels like such a basic, like, kind of class. This is this is a scrutiny that the book is invite, and like for the most part, I think this scene is very cute. I, I I like that there were some there were some very nostalgic feelings in this for me, uh, in the part where Ron just takes all the same classes Harry does, so mm. they can they can be in the same class. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what like latter day high school was like. Was it, you were mostly concerned with like, am I going to be in the same class with my friends? Uh, which I thought that was that was cute. Um, but th- there's a scrutiny that it sort of invites on itself here where, like, we know that Auror requires a specific set of classes and grades, right? What professions require care of magical creatures? It just seems Other- like it would be really important because it's like all of the all of the materials go into, like, potions ingredients. Hmm. Yeah, you'd think that, like, if you were going to, oh, I'm going to be a potions master, that would actually be, like, a pretty important one, because you've got, like, I don't know, you need Abraxas horns or whatever, right? Like, right. Like, that, yeah, that that sort of checks out. So, it, it's, it's sort of, like, by going so deep in on one requirement, I'm sort of left wondering, like, well, the only jobs we know about in this world are cop and government guy and teacher. So, unless unless your goal <laughs> is, I'm going to be the next care of magical creatures teacher there's nothing where i'm like oh damn uh someone better brush up on their their creature class you know right yeah it, that's that's definitely weird but i i thought that part was sweet and i really like the interaction with um neville and mcgonagall uh they that, sure that part are was... setting up neville to be a character yeah which is i mean like it's good i wish that we had gotten this last book instead of having him just like show up to be the replacement party member at the end you know right um but it's nice to see him get some development i th- think the the moment with him and gonagall is very sweet uh um the why the detail about trelawney and uh uh Ferenz, is that setting anything up or is that just like house cleaning i feel like it's house cleaning okay. um it's like uh, just check in. Trelawney gets to teach again. Remember from last book. Also, the girls are right. still horny for the hot horseman. <laughs> the girls, in, in still case you were wondering, the centaur. <laughs> Good for them, honestly. Yeah, uh, they. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, the 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 yeah that 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 was like such a specific like aside where I was like, oh, are we getting more for for ends or Trelawney in this book? Or I, but I, I guess it's probably more just like like wrapping up a storyline from the last book. Um, the, uh, the thing with, what am I? Oh, um, Harry being captain. Harry, Harry is captain now. <laughs> yeah. You're my captain. You're huh? my captain now. Mm-hmm. So Harry, Harry is captain now. Yeah. And that's, that's good. That's great. Uh, the part that I found so strange about this chapter was how he does not seem to give a shit about this. Like, this I th- like if you were talking about Harry like as a character and 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 going from book one to book six where we are now, Quidditch would be like maybe the motivating factor for him. He fucking loves Quidditch. Right, he, he was loves banned. Flying. He was banned from it the year before. Yeah, and that was a bummer. Maybe. 
he he nearly stopped being friends with Hermione because she didn't respect his cool new broom enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, he becomes the Quidditch captain, and he's just like, I don't know, I'll I'll get to this. I guess, I, I guess I'll I guess I'll uh, throw together a, a list. I don't know when I uh, will. I haven't really thought about when we're gonna have practice, Mister Sloper. Sorry. Right. Like he's he just doesn't really. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Katie, you're on the team, I guess. Like he's just like not. Yeah, he got like an admonishment from who? Katie Bell, and she's like, well, you don't necessarily want to put just your friends on. He's like, oh, oh, I guess, whatever. (laughs) It's so weird. Like his own players potentially are just like, oh, hey man, like hey, congratulations on being captain. He's like, oh, sure, I guess you're on, you're on the team. Maybe it's because he knows he's like so good. He's like, I'm gonna hard carry this shit all year. (laughs) I don't give a shit who else is is on the team. I'm just so a solo carry 1v9 uh, this game. <laughs> I'm such a good seeker. I'm just going to 1v9 every game. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it is It is weird. I, I don't... I mean, like, I, I guess the Malfoy stuff is pressing. Maybe, maybe the point of this is supposed to be like, oh, he's just so preoccupied with Malfoy. I mean, I would love uh, if any of those other things were part of the story, right? Like, any of those options, right? He's got such an ego, he thinks it doesn't matter, he's too distracted, like, he finally gets what he wants, or, or what he should care about, which is, like, the right. school title, but when it comes to actually having it, it's like he has other stuff on his mind, he's too preoccupied with the war, but it doesn't really, it just seems like he just doesn't hasn't thought about it for even a second. Like, like while reading this chapter, I forgot. Like I was like, oh right, he's captain now. Harry's captain now, uh, and and just does not really seem to give a shit at all. Mm-mm. Uh, um, the uh, the <laughs> the part where they have a uh, a free period, and Ron is just like, damn, damn, I get to goof off. I thought that was pretty cute too. That's another big high school memory. It's like, oh, I an elective. I can just fucking do whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, oh, there was also another part that I forgot about. Um, and I I have no idea where it pops in, but there is a part where Ron says something, and then Lavender Brown is like, ha, 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 you're so funny. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he <laughs> Hermione takes a Frisbee from a child. Right. Uh, and then Ron says, cool, I wanted one of those, and takes it from Hermione. Mm-hmm. And... I guess Hermione does not protest to this. No. Uh, and Lavender Brown is like, damn, that guy? Ha ha ha, you're so cool and funny. That guy got a frisbee. Right. He's so funny. <sighs> yeah. This is the most important part, though. Uh, the most important part is that we get a, a class with Snape. I didn't realize this was a Snape book. Right? I should have. I, it's mm. right in the name. Yeah. Um... But I I didn't realize uh, that it really is like book three Snape. It is powerful. He is so potent here. I love I love that he is like the very serious driver's ed teacher who shows you pictures of car crashes. <laughs> He's like you walk. They walk into the classroom and there's just like pictures of dead wizards all over the wall. And he's like, check this shit. And he's like, I need to pick out the best wizarding gore picks. To show my class. He <laughs> does. Really, he, yes. This will really freak him out. There's one that's just described as like, like fucking like a pile of gore or whatever. The, the inferior victim. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then someone Snape, is like, Snape's is Voldemort, Voldemort going to do this to us? And he's like, yeah, probably. 
Jeez, Voldemort's gonna fucking kill you, kids. <laughs> He's so good. He 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 has so you he just similar to the image of him running down three flights of stairs to get ready to uh to turn around in the chair on Lupin. The idea that he was like, okay, I've got to curate the most gruesome pictures to scare these teens straight. Uh, and, and I'm going to prepare my little monologue about how badass the dark arts are. I love him. Snape is, so, he's an icon. He is, he is truly just incorrigible. I love him. He's so stupid. I... <laughs> I I don't care for Harry very much as a character. He's very boring and inconsistent, but I like him the most when he is reacting <laughs> reacting to completely neutral statements from Snape with just like <laughs> unfettered yeah. rage. And we got more of that this chapter. I think my very favorite line um so far is Snape says, "You have had five teachers in this subject so far, I believe." And in Harry's head, he thinks, you believe, like you haven't watched them all come and go, Snape, hoping you'd be next. Like, what? (laughs) Harry is the epitome of the, like, this bitch eating crackers post. Like, like Snape, Snape cannot do anything at all without Harry just, like, reading the absolute worst intent into it. And it is so fucking funny. It's so good. Um, I'm, I'm... I'm just thrilled that, like, this is what this book is, apparently. I was not... Because I, I... What I was telling you when we were discussing this episode was, like, I... For whatever reason, I assumed that Snape would be kind of in the background mostly in this book because... Because the mystery is of about the Half-Blood Prince, right? Mm-hmm. And I just sort of figured that, like, he would mostly be in the background... So that that would be like a big reveal, right? Like like we're not dangling Snape in front of your face this whole time to make you wonder. But no, he's front and center. He's here. He's selecting gross pics to show the teens. He's <laughs> he's given he's giving monologues about how fucking badass dark magic is. Uh, Snape is a great Jedi. Snape 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 uh, Snape always uh, uh, does the Kraya stuff in Kotor too. He's so good. Yeah. Um. The thing that I am very surprised by is how, one, extremely, like, on-the-nose obvious it is, but two, also, I didn't remember this at all, how much it re- the text really comes out and says, like, Harry and Snape are the same. I, yeah. I feel, yeah. I, I felt like, I, I know people like to make fun of this a lot, which is that um, Harry gets to kind of the end of the book and the epilogue, which I'm not out here to defend by any means, but but like naming his son after Snape and be like, you know, yeah. uh, and saying that like came out of nowhere, sort of uh, like, and that's how I thought it was going to be. Like, I thought it was going to get to book seven. Snape was going to be like, I know I'm a huge asshole, but here are these memories. And Harry's going to be like, oh, you're cool, actually. But this setup is really early. This, like, Snape and Harry are the same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really good. And it's, like, I like that it is delivered in this scene uh, as as Hermione herself just being, like, like you know, one of her, Harry's best friends being, like, hey, this this reminded me of the way you behave. And, but, and like, not even in, like, a negative way, really. Like it's it's a it's a interesting window both into like Harry as a character and how like his friends view him, but it's also a moment where like I kind of you kind of get a sense of like how the other characters view Snape 
which is a little more neutral in the way Harry does, clearly. And like mm-hmm. that's that's interesting to get a, a a view of. You know, like they obviously dislike him, you know, like 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 Snape has been horrible to Hermione, he's given you know, Ron shitty grades his whole life, but like they clearly do not have the like eternal flame of hatred for Snape that Harry does. Right. Uh um and and the fact that Hermione is able to like view this sort of clear headedly and be like uh, I, don't know, I don't know. It kind of reminded me of of your your teaching style. Like it's it's a good moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. It also it does it does some weird stuff, like with the the like Ginny Lily parallels that I think are there. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't help mm. that they're like uh, like all of their superficial traits are the same. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is. It makes that stuff a lot more uncomfortable, but at least for Snape and Harry, it is like a pretty good and interesting like thing to explore, I guess. Yeah. Like, like they are they are bouncing off of each other partially because they are like the same personality type in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um uh the lesson is 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 funny too. Like I I one again like like just him showing them all the gore pics and being like, isn't this fucked up? Damn, you don't <laughs> want that to happen to you. That's pretty good. Uh, him, I love one of my favorite just like bitchy Snape moments ever. Now is Hermione answering a very basic question and him going like, yeah, that's pretty much word for word from the book. But okay, like just really, he, he's stupid. right though. He is he's right. mean, but he's right. He's mean, but he's right. It's like, like, yeah, I guess you memorized the book. Good job. Um, and I will say I did laugh a little bit when the uh, his immediate first lesson thing was nonverbal spells. Like, oh, I wonder what will be important in this book. Like, just just a, maybe a little, maybe a little bit uh, uh, on the nose, you know? I have a problem. And mm. this is a problem that has come up both in the potions class and in this class, which is I don't think this book should ever, ever, ever actually describe how the magic is done because there's no way it doesn't end up sounding stupid. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit and talk about the potions class also, but I can't mm-hmm. help but notice that like to be good at casting nonverbal spells means you have to have mind power and concentration. Like that's how it's described. And then in the potions class, it's like, mm, to be a true genius at potions, you have to stir it, stir it clockwise one time. <laughs> you should never, you should never go into the detail. Cause it's never going to be satisfying. It's, it's never satisfying. And the way Hermione, like, like again, like the way that the book slash Hermione uh, the the textbook in Hermione describe like the advantage of nonverbal spells is so funny. It's like, oh, you get a split second advantage against your opponent. It's like they're discussing like, <laughs> it's like they're discussing like D and D rules or something. It's so <laughs> weird. It's, it's like not, oh, you it's get a, not good. You get uh, oh uh 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 Mister 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 Snape. I know what happens when you cast a nonverbal spell. You get plus one stab uh on your <laughs> on your attack. It just, I don't know why, why the magic is not more cloaked in, like, bullshit. Yeah, it should be. It should be completely impenetrable and mysterious and, 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 uh, you know, magic. It should be magic. It's, it's so funny that, like, 
it's it's being pegged as this like oh it's this requires willpower and concentration and you've got to think you got to think real hard i love there's the part where they're practicing it and and like ron is like thinking really hard and he's like going blue in the face or whatever which is very like it's a funny image but it's like that is what this book is trying to say is like how magic is done which is really funny I have more problems with the potions class, but we'll get to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, with the actual, like, mechanics of... Of, of the potions of the things. Um, let's talk about the, the, the epic line. Uh, yeah, I Harry... thought... That I legitimately thought this was a movie special. I did not realize that it was in the text. It's pretty funny. It just sort of comes out of nowhere. Um... Where where is Harry picked up this like epic wit? I said it again. Fuck. And I, oh, I you know ooh, what? You know ooh, what? I, I was like the other time I felt like I got away with it cuz I was saying like the the other definition of epic which I feel like is a little bit like weaseling out of my mm-hmm. pronouncement. But yeah, that was just that was just a straight up epic fail. Well, to your credit, mm-hmm. there is no other way to describe this. He mm-hmm. is Harry is being epic here. Like <laughs> Yeah, Harry, Harry is doing this for the gram. He is he is he is going to get so many upvotes on Reddit for this. Um, do you think uh, he dabbed? Like, do you think he said it and then dabbed immediately? Because <laughs> that's the, that's the energy. I just okay. I just I would just want everyone to know. I did say I did just say the line and dab. Oh, not that's really why it was thinking, muffled. Yeah, not really thinking. Not really thinking uh, <laughs> that this is an audio <laughs> format. So. Where, uh, where did, where did Harry that, pick up this behavior? This isn't yeah, his character no to me. To me, he's very like stoic, kind of stoic and serious. Well, it's it's weird, right? Because I I do remember Harry having some really good zingers in like book two. Yeah. I guess like the Dursleys, right? Yeah. But that was like back when Harry was written as like a twelve year old adult, you know. And it was like, that was just sort of his character was he was a lot more outspoken. He was more or less an adult, uh, like in, in like mind capacity and like wit. Uh, but like the, that changed in like four five and six, right? Like he's mm-hmm. gotten a lot more, like he, he is now like a much more like serious representation of a stoic, surly teenager. Um, so yeah, this one doesn't really. Mm, I've changed my mind about it, actually. In in you saying that, I completely changed my mind because you're right. Like, I I do think that's changed. And he is a character that is, like, kind of surly and, like, very serious. But the more realistic version of this where he has, like, a a 16-year-old's, like, freak out on Snape, right? I don't want that. Like, I, like, that's just uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want it to be, like, I think that this is good, it's funny, and it's not too serious. So. I, <laughs> the alternative is, like, he, so he knocks Snape over, and then Snape is like, oh, I, I seem to recall saying this was about uh, nonverbal uh, 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 spell casting, and Harry would just be like, shut up, bitch! Right, like, exactly. Out of the classroom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. This is fine. God, I hate you. Ugh. I'm like running. <laughs> okay, yeah, fair enough. Although I could have enjoyed a um, th- like Harry and Snape trying to out out do each other, and Harry being very serious and being like, "You think this is a game? 
Snape. Oh God! <laughs> this is some uh, kind of joke. Points to the you, gore, the gore picks, and be like, "Can we're the you same. fucking imagine?" <laughs> Like the Aaron Sorkin ass West Wing version of this, where they like oh, went back horrible. and forth for a couple of paragraphs. It's horrible. <laughs> but yes, I can. <laughs> I'm picturing it now. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it, it's. I think it is a. It is a very good line. Like it, it's funny. Like I, I know. I get why people like this part. Um, but. There's no getting around for me, like it just being like it's it's very weirdly out of character for Harry, the, for this Harry. This mm-hmm. is this is this is book one and two. Harry coming back. Um, I, I uh, think this kind of line is just like a personal preference issue for me because I know that this is really fun and like this sort of style of joke is it, is fun for a lot of people. I don't begrudge them that. I just have a hard time with this like impossible wittiness. I think I'm I think I'm Marvel poisoned a little bit like where I just like oh, it just makes me kind of sure. just go Ugh. like it's just like no one talks like that. No one is yeah. that like sharp. I guess, and it mm-hmm. feels out of place, but I also know that it's like a stylistic thing. So, I uh, my thing is that like I, 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 I can believe a character. Like there are characters in this series that I could believe this level of wit coming from, right? Just, yeah, because they're more hair. like cartoons, right? The yeah. main character can't be a cartoon like this, right? It's uh yeah it, it's 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 like this is a line that I could I could see from like Dumbledore right or like uh, Fred and George Fred and George yeah yeah like like it's there are characters who have existed you know Dean Dean na- name any of the mischief makers really like they that that would work but like for Harry it's just like Harry has not really been running with that crowd in this series it, it also is not very like representative of like what I think Harry's like internal feelings about Snape are like he is so filled with rage he feels like Snape killed his his killed Sirius I, it's just like <laughs> right. it doesn't seem like the place for like this witty line yeah it's like playful repartee Uh it's a good dinner party joke right like it's it's yeah he's not it it doesn't really fit with like harry's internal monologue of like shoot like staring daggers at snape every two seconds right Mm -hmm. like like the more the the more in character thing would be like shut up i hate you you killed my dad you killed my game snape (laughs) fuck you I'm going to turn you into one of these gore picks. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's cute. And I like, I, I do, I think that the, um, the, the fact that like Snape, Snape is very not owned by this. He just gives him detention or whatever. I think like that, that's what makes this scene work. I think Mm -hmm. like Harry is petulant and he immediately gets punished for it. Um, uh, until Dumbledore, of course, uh, gets him out of it. But, um, Jack Sloper. Jack Sloper, my new favorite character. Jack Sloper, one of the beaters on last year's Gryffindor Quidditch team. <laughs> I thought Quidditch was canceled last year. Was oh. Jack Sloper mentioned in book five, and did I just miss it? Because I don't no. feel like I would miss a name like that. I'm, I, I'm you, looking but you're it up. right. I did not even think about Quidditch not because because it was a club, right? Yeah, it just got Quidditch just got canceled, right? Or the Gryffindor team got canceled was yeah, he in a different house jack sloper harry potter wiki uh, apparently along with andrew kirk he took over for fred weasley and george weasley he is uns- oh that's a spoiler 
Described as incompetent by Angelina Johnson. <laughs> Apparently he was in Order of the Phoenix. How did I miss that ah. name? Maybe they only mentioned him by his last or first name. Jack derives from John, which means God he in Hebrew is gracious. Sloper God come from sloper. the English word slope, a surface in which one side is higher than the other. This could relate to his inability to do things right, since slopes have been described as very hard to climb for some people. God of slopes. <laughs> I love the Harry Potter wiki so much. I love Jack Sloper. Uh, I love Jack Sloper. Why did Dumbledore give Jack Sloper this important job? (laughs) I'm entrusting Jack Sloper (laughs) with with uh, giving Harry the secret message about his secret lessons. I'm. I'm... I I just want to know how that came about. Like, was Dumbledore just like? Did he have the note? Was he like wandering around in the hallways and just just gave it the task to the first person he saw? He was like, "Hey, you." Or or is he like he was just like walking around like is anyone here on last year's Quidditch team? <laughs> I know Harry has not hired anyone for this year's team, but hey, if you were on last year's Quidditch team, could you please deliver a message to Harry Potter? We ah, know Mr. we Sloper. know that we know that people use owls to send letters within the school, right? Like McGonagall <laughs> sent Harry like a message via owl in like book one. Jack Sloper, you must hand deliver this message to Harry Potter right now. Oh, I hope when we play the uh, Half-Blood Prince video game, I hope we get Jack Sloper. I love I Jack so, Sloper. That's a I'll Star so Wars dis- name. It is a re- it's a good like smuggler name in Star Wars, I think. Yeah, Jack Sloper. I'm gonna, ah, I'm, gonna I'm gonna play some like Star Wars tabletop RPG and I'm gonna play a character named Jack Sloper. <laughs> And just the there's there's a real cellar door quality to the sentence leaving Sloper in mid sentence. He hurried away with Ron and Hermione. <laughs> uh, how could he do that to to Jack Sloper? I hate to leave Sloper mid sentence. That's just rude, honestly. Harry doesn't know who Luna is, but he's like, ah, Jack Sloper. I know. This oh, Jack guy. Sloper. He was the beater last year. Hey Sloper, how was your summer? How's it? Get? Keep it slopey. Hmm. Uh, but the message, you know, is, is there, do we, maybe, maybe I'm spoiling a very minor joke later on or something. Do we find out, did, did like Dumbledore find out that he's got detention immediately and was like, uh oh, better rectify this or is this just a coincidence? I don't know. Also, the other thing that I'm looking for clues for is the, the red herring that Dumbledore's a zombie. You know, I bet mm-hmm. zombies would enjoy some acid pops. Uh, mm, yeah, those do sound disgusting, and maybe something like a like what a zombie would like. The zombie thing keeps coming up. I it's... know, I know it's because there are some at the end of this book, but it is so bizarre. Yeah, but we were just looking at gore pics about what happens when zombies attack you in the class, right? <sighs> we. You know, we, 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 a long time ago, we, we threw the mask off and we said, like, you know what? We are proposing rewrites here. Mm-hmm. Um, I have never felt more confident in our, uh, our, like, rewrite abilities and, like, proposals than I do for what we have talked about for this book so far. Like, 
the zombie Dumbledore thing is so fucking cool and scary. I know. I I never thought I would say that there's like a missed zombie opportunity in a book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's crazy. I, I, again, I, as someone, as a firm hater of like modern zombie media, I'm like, damn, what if Dumbledore was a zombie? That'd be spooky. Yeah. I mean, at least it would be like more lich like than just like zombie stuff, but I don't know. I just like can't believe this setup for zombies basically just being the obstacle at the end. It's I can't wait to get there and find out how all that result. It's it's still wild to me that like we have been immersed in the Harry Potter fandom for like the extent of this podcast and like they just don't come up. Mm-mm. The fact that Harry Potter has zombies in it for one book. No one no one's ever talking about that. Like you know, for all of the posts that get regurgitated over and over again on the subreddit or on Twitter, none of them are ever like, damn, it was cool when there were zombies. No one cares. No one liked them. I, it's so crazy to me. I don't even remember them from the movie. Maybe they just weren't, like, cool looking. Because otherwise, really... I feel like there would be merchant stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's not, like, figurines of the zombies. There's no there's no Star Ace and Fury figure, as far as I know. Uh, <sighs> what a bizarre thing. Yeah, it's weird. Speaking of weird, what's with this uh, recharacterization of Ernie McMillan? <laughs> okay, I'm trying to think back on Ernie. I'm pretty sure basically all Ernie McMillan says in book two is like, hello, I'm I'm Muggleborn. We overhear him talking with some other people about how he thinks that Harry might be opening the Chamber of Secrets. But he's yeah, just like he... completely normal. He's just like normal guy, right? That's what I thought his character was. He, he Normal guy. He introduces himself as a Muggleborn. Then he gets suspicious of Harry and he like kind of stands up to him in the library, right? Like he stands up to him. He's like... Like, I can't believe you're doing hate crimes to Muggleborns. And Harry says, I'm not racist. And he stomps out of the library. I'm pretty sure, like, that's all we've ever gotten from Ernie. Um, aside from, you know, he's in the DA, but, like, there are a million characters in the DA. And he's they there to be normal guy, though. He's, like, yeah. normal guy from another house. Yeah. Him being Bertie Wooster in this scene <laughs> is crazy to me. It is. It is both. I mean, his actual dialogue is... hilarious. Just bizarre. Um, But to have Harry approach that and have some sort of preconceived notion that is then confirmed by that dialogue just, like, made me do a spit take. Like, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Honestly, he has more to say about Ernie McMillan than he does about Jack Sloper. Like, we're we're getting kind of, like, two back-to-back, like... Harry thinking about non-main character scenes here. <laughs> but this, this he's like, ah, Ernie McMillan, uh, who Harry liked, despite his rather pompous manner. Like, I, I that is, that is a, that that's like a, a, like a phantom, like, it's like a phantom limb. It's like this, it's like a reintroduction of a character who never existed. Like, ah, yes, I too remember pompous Ernie McMillan. It's like, no, I, I'm pretty sure all I remember him saying was like, I believe you, Harry, I'll join the DA. Can you read the, the like, the the thing that Ernie says, but can you do it in like a, like a pompous British accent for me? Yes, it's of course. It's hilarious. I would, be, I would be delighted. 
didn't get a chance to speak in defense against. Oh, that's not. That's that's the wrong. That's the wrong kind of British accent. Try again. There. Try again. Didn't get a chance to speak in defense against the dark arts this morning. Good lesson, I thought. But shield charms are old hat, of course, for us old DA lags. And how are you, Ron Hermione? <laughs> Who is this? That was He's perfect, Bertie though. I love Wooster. that. He's Bertie Wooster. <laughs> I would have liked this way more if Harry was like, oh, it's it's Ernie. I like him all right. He's a normal guy. And then it was like, oh, he got a little stupid over the summer. <laughs> Damn, he 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 uh he just he decided he was like a fancy lad over the summer or something. <laughs> he reinvented himself. But no, this is apparently I guess we have just never known that this is Ernie's true form. He's he's an old boy from the from the yacht club. <laughs> Why? Jesus Christ. I mean, it has felt, this book has felt so much like a reset at so many times, but this really, I I feel like I'm watching, like, (laughs) I feel like I'm watching anime where they reuse the characters, but in just like a different, different (laughs) way, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, what is happening? It's like, oh, it's pompous (laughs) Ernie McMillan. Ernie McMillan's here. Oh, I guess he is. He is a he's a fancy gentleman now. <laughs> oh, he's Lawrence from Fire Emblem now. He's he just he's just he's just all of a sudden he has reinvented and, himself. And why does this a... happen? Like, was was J.K. Rowling writing this and being like, "Wow, I wish I'd give er- given Ernie more of a personality." I guess I'll make him pompous. I, I guess what we need to be on the lookout for is if he ever shows up again. Yeah, like, and he better talk like this. Is it, it? It is. Is it because Jack Sloper and and Ernie McMillan <laughs> are like in such close proximity here, doing the same thing? Like they are they are delivering information to the reader, basically. Ernie, um, does Ernie deliver any information? I thought he just shows up and is like, "Hello," and that's it. Uh, it's it, he's there to remind you about shield charms. Oh, I don't. I already know. Me, <laughs> um, I I don't know why you wouldn't make Jack Sloper pompous then, because we don't know Jack Sloper. Yeah, I just I just imagine like like there's a version of this where where J.K. Rowling was like, oh shit, I have two like tertiary characters back to back who are not well defined. I've I better give one of them a personality so that's not it doesn't seem like two characters or one character is is here. Uh but that that's all I can think of. Cause cause I, I yeah, again, I just don't er, Ernie McMillan was about as characterized as Jack Sloper before this. Maybe Ernie McMillan's gonna have something big to do in this book. I'm excited. I'm I hope we get some more some more uh, wonderful uh, uh, PG Woodhouse ass dialogue from him. <laughs> it's extremely funny. <laughs> it's good. I promise I will read it in that voice if we do. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> okay, the potions class. How how did you feel about the potions class, with, um, with Mr. Slug- Slug? Slughorn is fat again. Yeah, his belly his belly comes through the door first because he's fat. I don't think you can describe a mustache the same way every single time. I guess you can. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't need to be reminded that he has a walrus mustache every time I see every this character. Every single time. It's it's extra weird because here's here's maybe and you know, I've not seen the movie since I saw it in theaters. I I have no idea 
what the movie is going to be like, but I will say weird casting choice in as far as I can tell, because the guy in the movie is distinctly not a mustache haver or really that fat either. Uh, so I'm not really like, like every time this comes up in the book, I'm like, Oh, I guess I need to like recalibrate my mental image of Slughorn because I just think of Jim Broadbent because he's in the movie. Yeah, he's very charming in the movie. Yeah, I, 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 I vaguely remember liking him in the film. Um, but it, it is it is weird because I I kind of have to like imagine like I, I I don't know like Danny DeVito maybe doing a British accent like I'm not I'm not really sure who the book image of him is really he's like a like a Teddy Roosevelt I guess like, it's just it's very weird to me that like I think that he's a very strongly written character for the most yeah, part definitely. and so it's really strange that he has to be introduced as a cartoon every time we see him he's introduced like a weird cartoon every time and it's very funny that we have like mixed animal metaphors here and that he is both a walrus and a spider mm-hmm. like yeah. like that that that's that's you you can't keep mixing those. You got to pick one. I feel. Yeah. Um, uh, I liked the potions class for the most part. Um, I guess the potions are kind of cool. Um, I, I have one issue with with the part with Hermione, which I like to see her because like we know that she's like good at potions and she likes potions, and it's yeah. just kind of sucked to be in Snape's class, right? Doing that, and so that's kind of cool to see. The weird part that I take issue with is, like, Slughorn's, like, recognition of her, and then he says, like, oh, like, I'm, let me back up. So, obviously, Harry defended Muggleborns to Slughorn by saying, my friend is Muggleborn, and she's very good at potions. Right. And then in this scene, Slughorn asks Hermione, like, oh, like, basically saying, like, oh, you must be pureblood, or, like related to someone famous and she's like no i'm muggle-born and he says oh from the time harry said you know oh you're harry's muggle-born friend and she's very flattered by that which is yeah, really yeah. weird to me that, that is, like mm-hmm. it's like like <laughs> oh oh harry thank you for for introducing me as your marginalized friend yeah yeah oh th- harry thank <laughs> thanks for tokenizing me harry that's that really flattering sucked. Yeah, that is bizarre. That is yes, that is truly bizarre. She seemed so thrilled by it, and Ron was like, "Damn, I'd do it too if I'd known." Um, yeah, yeah, she she is- loved it like that. But I feel like it it hit me really weird because I I understand that she's like enjoying like getting praised and like doing something in potions, but like it should kind of feel like a bummer. I don't know. I just I feel it, like her character yeah. could have a lot more going on. Yeah, no, she is. It, it is super weird. Like, it, it, I, I, it, I mean, it, this, I, this I, is a case where she does something like really cool, and then it's like, she, and she's thrilled about it. But then it, at the end of the day, it comes down to who her parents are. Like that's such a. It, it's it's so easy. It's right there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a very strange scene. Also very strange. Uh, th- like. I feel like this is going to be an elephant in the room for like both of these books uh, that we have left. But the the love potion stuff is just fucking bizarre. Uh, so fucking pissed. Honestly, is, I'm so irritated. so stupid. I feel like there were a couple moments we were like, oh, I guess the Ginny Harry thing has started. Like they're they're kind of setting it up here. And what a 
what a kick in the shins that it's just like, oh, Harry, Harry smells the soulmate juice and it's Ginny. <laughs> Wow, that sets up a lot, a lot of romantic tension in yeah, this book. Sm- he smells the customized nut and is like, "Oh, damn, that smells like Ginny. Guess, guess, guess that's that." It is that's that. so. What a bummer! Um, Can you believe that? I like. It, I so my experience of reading this is like when he smells it, it it's pretty obvious that it's Ginny, especially because he thinks to himself like I've smelled this around the Weasleys' house. I wonder what it could be. And there's you know there it's like okay, so it's Ginny, Fleur, or Mrs. Weasley. <laughs> but then later, the fact that not only we know that the reader, it's extremely obvious, but that Harry is like, oh, it's Ginny. Oh, it's Ginny. Yeah. Also, this is it's it's it doesn't if if it wasn't for that part of the end of the chapter where Ginny arrives and he's like oh damn guess that's that um it would at least have served as like I guess like at least a little bit of like like more of like it would have served as like at least a clue right like a dumb clue for a dumb thing but it was like it would at least be something to read into um the part that I find a little confusing about it is that it has to resolve with Ginny appearing at the end and and Harry saying, oh, damn, that's what Ginny smells like. Mm-hmm. Because we've never been told that. Like, Ginny, Ginny smelling like flowers has never come up before. Right. She doesn't, like, there's no... Like, we don't know anything about her, like, oh, she's, like, really into perfume, or, like, her, her shampoo the opposite, is... to be honest. Yeah, like, like the, the characterization that we've gotten of her so far mostly has been, like, the no-nonsense tomboy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like she's, she's the cool girl who does all the guy stuff, which, I mean, that carries its own problems, right? But, like, there's nothing about Ginny's character that is like oh i bet she smells like flowers other than the fact that like i guess she's a girl and inherently girls all smell like flowers right it's not like universe. we got like a scene while while harry was at the burrow where where she was helping mrs weasley like put together floral arrangements or something yeah. there's no we are just being told this as the solution to the clue yeah i'm actually i am gonna real quick excess of phlegm I'm just like I'm just like circling back real quick, just skimming here. I'm in this Ginny scene uh, with Floor. Like they make scrambled eggs. I mean, honestly, like if if you are like, oh, it smells like flowers, and I smelled it at the, at the burrow. The obvious obvious answer is Floor, since her name is right. Flower, right? So you could you could almost you like. Again, like I said, it's like it's almost a clever clue, right? That could like mislead you if the, you know, if it was like at least a reveal that happened later. But no, it's instead it's uh <laughs> It also just creates no conflict, which is the weirdest part to me. Like Harry is not like, oh no, I'm in love with Fleur, that's a problem. And then like later it's like, oh actually it was Ginny the whole time. It, yeah, it's, I, I'm not saying that's what should happen, 
but it is a detail that is dropped on us that just has no consequences or conflict come of it. <laughs> so I'm just, sorry. I'm just like, like real quick, just been skimming through the excess of phlegm scene that has Ginny in it. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm just going to like read some of the words that are like used to describe Ginny. Sure. Uh, she plonked herself down on Harry's bed. <laughs> uh, she snapped. Uh, Ginny slid off the bed. And then we get the introduction of, of Floor, which is a young woman of such breathtaking beauty, the mm. room seemed to have become strangely airless. She was tall and willowy with long blonde hair and appeared to emanate a faint silvery glow. To complete this vision of perfection, she was also carrying a heavily laden breakfast tray. And, like, this is, like, in the midst of scenes with Ginny, right? right. Uh, then we, the, the next time Ginny arrives, uh, sl- she's, uh, she's saying stuff slyly. She calls um, Floor a cow. She's incredulous. Like, there's nothing, like, I, I know that this is, like, maybe a little galaxy brain here, but, like, there is nothing pretty or flowery or, like, you know, quote-unquote, like, feminine about, like, Ginny's appearances in this book, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like, she is, she is, uh, handled very, I mean, like, very honestly, maybe in kind of a weird way, she's written very similarly to Ron in, like, the, the, the kind of adjectives and, like, actions that she is given. I mean, uh, I, I guess as far as, like, galaxy brain stuff, I think that that really is the, the like, very stupid part of this romance is, is the idea that, like, Harry is going to be in love with Ginny, but that means that he is going to uncover her feminine side that, that necessarily must exist in a, right. in a female character. Right. right? Yeah, like, yeah. it has to be there. There is not, like, a, a woman cannot exist without, right. without that part right yes yeah it is the it is the it is i it's it's, to circle back to the anime thing you were mentioning it is the like every anime tomboys like reveal right it's like oh Uh actually they're they're actually they're very pretty in dresses oh actually they they secretly love that right Right. like it's i yeah like again i I mean we're really getting into the weeds here and this is like a very like kind of uh, silly nitpick but i really was bothered by smelling like the wood of a broom like, did I miss a word? Did they say, like, broom polish or something? Because unless unless Ginny's out there, like, sanding, like, brooms and is, like, a, a craftsperson that is making them, I don't feel like wood, like, carries that <laughs> scent forever. <laughs> like, you like... go to the store and buy a broom. <laughs> you, I assume every... it's, like, finished and, and probably just not that smelly. So here's my extremely generous, generous read of this. Okay. I think these are supposed to be three separate, like, obsessions of Harry's. I think that treacle tart is his favorite dessert. I think that he loves his broom. And Ginny smells like flowers. Maybe I'm, I'm misunderstanding what the love potion does. <laughs> I, I, I could be completely wrong, because I, cause I, like... I know we get more amortentia stuff later, right? Um, but I, I, but I think that the the I think what it's saying here, at least in like my most generous, because you're right, like it's very funny. Imagine like like oh G- damn, Ginny smells like flowers and wood and also <laughs> sugar. Like, 
just a really weird combo of things. Um, but I think that it it might be supposed to represent like three things that he likes. Uh, unless, wait, let me. When when she appears again at the end of the chapter, does it does Harry go like? Does he like mention what smell specifically, or does he just say like, "Damn, I smelled that earlier." I don't remember. Uh, let me see. Uh, he caught a sudden waft of the flowery smell he had picked mm. up in Slughorn's dungeon. So I think it is supposed to be like, oh, these are his three obsessions. Okay. Sugar, That's fine then. Wood. Ginny. Sugar, wood, girl. <laughs> Sugar, That's, wood, and girl. That's it. <laughs> Oh, God, what a deep and complex character Harry is. <laughs> <laughs> if it, or, or maybe he's imagining a very specific fantasy about Ginny. Perhaps. <laughs> he is 16. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the rest of the class. So we've done, we've done the Hermione conversation, which I agree is just fucking bonkers. It's so weird to me that... that uh, um, Hermione is like c- cool with Harry's uh, tokeniz- tokenization of her to Slughorn. Um, we've got the Amortentia out of the way. How about this perfect potion he brews? Huh? Um, What's with this? I touched on this a little bit. Um, it really <laughs> is. Again, I just don't think you should ever describe the actual steps into making a potion. Uh, why does the book suck so bad? Um, why, like, is part of just being good at potions just, like, knowing the secret step? Yeah, it's, like, potions so far seems to just be, like, baking, but, like, the, like the, it's baking plus the secret baking step. It's, like, you gotta do the one, the one trick to make your baking impress Mary Berry uh, is to stir it counterclockwise once after seven clockwise stirs why did snape just know that yeah like (sighs) is that the implication that he's like doing it but he's like this doesn't seem right i bet a clockwise stir would help Uh, it's it's we're gonna get this is gonna get even better when we get into like the sectum sempra stuff and it's like Uh spell making because it's it's this is opening this is opening a, a door that this series will never be able to close in terms of like what exactly goes into making a spell? What goes into making a potion? What? How do all these properties interact? Which normally I would not give a shit about, right? Like mm-hmm. it's fine. You can just say it's magic. It's a potion. You've got to do some complex stuff to 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 do it. Uh, but it is again just directly inviting the scrutiny. Like now we are getting into here are the specific steps that make a potion perfect. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Why? How? What, how does this work? How do people figure this out? Why Why does this make a potion perfect? There's just like a part where it's like they're trying to squeeze some juice out of some beans. And it's like the instructions are wrong. And so Hermione's like, damn it, I'm not getting enough juice. But then, but then like <laughs> Harry is like, I have the special instructions to use a silver dagger to press down on the beans and it releases a bunch of juice. Why did okay. Hermione not just get more beans? Just get more juice. Put the right amount of juice in there. <laughs> I highlighted two. Can, can, can I can I ask you about the, the Kindle versions highlights here? Uh, yeah, but there's nothing. Nobody highlighted anything in this chapter. Fuck. 
Because I highlighted two. I highlighted two very immature things. Okay. I'm five. I'm five years old. Sure. Uh, I, I highlighted, I bet Snape gives us loads. Because <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I highlighted, Harry crushed his bean. <laughs> Damn, Harry, how are you getting all that juice out of that bean? Damn, Harry, there's so much juice coming out of your bean. How did you do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrible. (laughs) Fuck. Oh my god. I feel like there's another, like, element to this chapter that is, you know, I'm just like, I'm looking at our runtime here, and I'm wondering if we really, if we might need to, like, put a pin in this one and, and, like, go whole hog on it next episode, maybe? Sure. How are you feeling about Felix Felicis? Okay, so this is one that is really going to, like, I want to get into it. I feel like I am lacking information. I feel like this is one of those things that we need to wait until Harry takes the potion and then we can talk about it. Because I I think easily this is one of the worst, like, Harry Potter objects in the whole series. Yeah. I'm I'm ready to be wrong. But I think it breaks the world, which would <laughs> be cool crazy. if it was meant to break the world, you know? Yeah. Like, if there was more gravity placed on, on this thing. Right. I, 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 I agree with you, and I think it is so telling and so funny that unlike all of the other, like, world-breaking concepts that have been introduced in this series, um, a character immediately points out what is crazy about it like like in the scene like it is introduced and then i think it's dean is like why damn why aren't people drinking this all the time uh, like they right. have to, they, they have like it has to be lampshaded like not two milliseconds after it is introduced which just i just, to- I just think that the existence of, of an object like this is so would be so disturbing yeah, it's crazy. And it could potentially very cool, right? Like, you could write a really weird story about this. But yeah. because it's Harry Potter and everything is so rigidly defined, it is it is, it is crazy. But we, will, we should put a pin in that because I would love to get really into that. But I don't think we have time, especially if we want to discuss this ending scene where Ginny magically appears. Right, yeah, definitely. We will be talking about this potion a lot. Yeah, we, we will talk about Felix Felicis, but but for now, let's talk about Ginny saying, Hey, what's up? I heard you uh I heard you were taking instructions from a book. Hey, are you listening to a book? Are you listening hey, to what you... a book says? Hey, are you listening to what a book says? What's going on, Harry? I love this anti book stance she has. I agree with her. <laughs> Ginny's that like, I don't know a fucking thing, my guy post. <laughs> I love Fuck that. You, I wish that I wish that was her character. I wish she just went like full like she, you know, she had that that thing happen in second year and ever since she's like I no no, no books. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's really what this comes off as, honestly. Like she seemed alarmed and angry. Harry knew what was on her mind at once, which is okay, Harry knowing what was on her mind at once. That is so funny to me because Harry forgot for like four years that she was traumatized by being possessed by Voldemort and a book. Yeah. And now he's like, oh damn. Oh right. Oh, oh. shit. The yeah, girl who very smells insightful. good. Uh oh. Mm-hmm. 
oh, the girl who smells good has trauma. Fuck. God damn yeah. it. Yep. This, throws, this throws a wrench in all my plants. <sighs> it's nothing like Riddle's Diary, you know. It's just an old textbook someone scribbles on. <laughs> this this yeah. scene, again, similar to the guy saying, hey, uh, this doesn't this potion like completely destroy the universe? Uh <laughs> The fact that this immediately needs to be, like, addressed in this chapter, like, hey, hey, didn't, what, wasn't there also a book that someone followed, like, Ring Theory, uh, like, a, like, you know, like, like, didn't, didn't that also happen before? Like, I love that this has to happen in this chapter. I, I want this conversation about, like, what books are okay to listen to and which ones aren't to, like, I want this as a whole chapter. I want to see the whole conversation. I want Janie and Harry to go back and forth for 10 pages. I want, I want to know, like, I, I want it to be like, Harry's like, yeah, but it's an old textbook. And Harry, and Ginny's like, it doesn't matter that it's a textbook. And my, like, Harry's like, well, the diary was empty. And she's like, yeah, but... Uh, if I wrote in it, words would appear, and there are words in your book. And then Harry's like, right, but, you know, like, I can write in this brand new textbook, and then someone else would be like, oh, there's writing in this book, don't listen. Like, I really want them to, like, break it down for me, because I, this yeah. thing that is like, don't listen to something, if you don't see where it keeps its brain, just, like, keeps coming up. <laughs> like, please explain it to me. I, what is... <sighs> What is Ginny's stance on like writing in your textbook? Bad. Like 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 Fred and George are like drawn dicks in the margins of of History of Hogwarts or whatever. And Ginny's like, don't fucking do that. If someone else yeah. reads this. Right. If someone if someone else reads this book, they're fucked. Yeah. Uh yeah, it is it is an insane conversation. And I also like I had a moment where I just wanted to like chuck the book across the room when Hermione's like like spell that she uh, uh, used to see if the book was evil or not was specialist revelio reveal. Oh, uh, yes, there's nothing wrong with it. No, I guess it's fine. I guess it's all good. It's I, I use specialist revelio. Very important spell. All good. All do you cleared think, up. Do you think that like um, after there was that debacle um, with Harry's broom, like McGonagall, like and you know Harry was fighting with Hermione, like there's nothing wrong with the broom, and and then McGonagall like pulled Hermione aside and was like, "Hey, if this ever happens again, let me show you the spell I used to <laughs> to show there's nothing wrong." Let me show you the spell I used that in that book I guess took like three weeks to do. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Harry's such an asshole. Like, like this whole scene is crazy. Like Ginny and Hermione appearing, being like, "Hey, what the fuck's wrong? What's what's with your book?" is weird. But him just being like, "Like, oh, do you want to see if it does any fucking backflips? Do you want to see if my book? Do you want to see my book grows fangs?" Like, like he's so. I feel like he should at least be semi understanding of Ginny's distrust here, especially because he also realize just realized that she smells like flowers. He's like, "Oh, damn, maybe I love her." Like, right. just none, none of these scenes have anything to do with each other. I am unclear about whether Harry puts it together. Because obviously, like, it's extremely obvious, right? But he's he doesn't seem to make that connection when he's like, oh, I smelled that in the potion. Oh, I love Ginny. It doesn't seem like he does no. that part. Because which is, if he did, that seems like a huge thing to realize. Which is weird, considering that uh, uh, it wasn't like the potion was just, like, there and he smelled it. Like... 
It was explained. It was in explained detail to him. <laughs> yeah, Slug- Slughorn was like, "Oh yeah, this is the potion of like what you love. This is the potion that tells you all the things what you love are." And Harry's like, "Damn, that's Ginny." But I'm going to argue with her about my book instead. You know what else I don't like about the love potion? I don't like that it is another one of those things that is that serves multiple purposes because it's like a thing that you can smell that will tell you something true and real about yourself. But it also is dangerous if you drink it because it can create false obsessive love. Oh, I for- yeah I. Mm. I think it's like, like Slughorn like warns warns people off of it, which yeah. honestly like sets it up for Harry to like have this like false bad thing happen with Ginny, but we know that's not what happens. So it's yeah, it's weird because you you would think that like the purpose like as described in this scene, you would think the purpose of it would be to brew to find out something about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But then it also has a purpose if you drink it, which is separate. Which is different and yeah. bad. I, yeah, that is. Also hmm. Fred and George sell it. <laughs> they, they sell it in bottles. Fuck, you're right. Just I for forgot. girls. Just for girls, though. In the pink girls section. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been quite a chapter. I'm, I'm, I, I, this was a fun one to return to, I think. We took a week off. Uh, and this one had some fucking, this had some content, uh, this had some meat on its bones, if you will. Maybe, maybe if you have like a tiny little bottle of love potion, it's like a whip it. Like, it's, you can't do it. Like, you can't like drink it or do anything with it, but you like, it's like you take it like a whip it. It's like, you're like really in love with someone for like two seconds. Oh, well, I think we should probably take a break because we've got some um, some studious critical work to do in our third segment this week. Good, I'm very excited. I'm very excited as well. We will catch uh, you in the third segment. Wow. Mm, mm, getting catch, that, you in get, the, catch you in the third segment. Catch you in the third segment. Getting some wires crossed here. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is a magical time of year. Um, Dobby charm bracelets are getting announced. Uh, uh, Christmas ornaments of Hogwarts are being sold for exorbitant amounts of money. And WizardingWorld.com has let us know about a wonderful new uh, album release uh, for the Wizarding World uh, uh, uh I guess the, the the family of products uh, they, mm. they released a Christmas album. Amazing. We have a official Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts Christmas album. Um, now the this is unfortunately not in universe. I wish I. I I'm I, very I, sad. I wanted I, w- I wanted the whole suite of like. Uh, dance like a hippogriff or whatever but for christmas songs exactly i i was so ready for that to to be the uh the the thing here Uh, unfortunately what it is is it is uh it is 
a album of Christmas standards, I guess you would say, uh, from various actors and performers in the Wizarding World films. And also, I guess, some of the plays. Uh, I, I guess there's some Cursed Child people on, in this. Sure. What a um, bizarre product. This is a weird thing. It is, it is uh, a charity album um, for Lumos, which is J.K. Rowling's charity. However... Uh, I would like to note that one pound twenty per album sold will be donated to the charity. How much is the album? Ten pounds. Where is all the rest of that money going to? <laughs> uh, it is, yes, this is a charity album by, like, the thinnest definition possible, I would say. Uh, so that's, that's fun. And we figured, hey, it's, it's the Christmas season. It is, it is the time of year when everyone is... Getting into advent calendars, uh, seeing what's inside. You you mentioned to me that you had uh, you 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 kind of had a foiled plan here for some uh, some some advent some socks. Content. I was gonna get some socks. I you know we talked about the sock advent calendar, and I was yeah. like, oh, it's so cheap. I'm just gonna get it, and that'll be fun, and I can report on the the stupid sock I get. And I feel like when we talked about it, I just felt like I had so much time, and now all of a sudden it's December fifth, and I did December- not get an advent calendar. Are they still available though? No, no idea. Yeah, okay. probably. I guess I can might- open six at once or whatever. Yeah, you could you could play catch up. You could get some socks. I mean, it's. I think there's only twelve in there anyway, so it might oh, only be for perfect. like December twelfth through twenty fourth. Great. So I'm you just might, in time. You just might have just have enough time to get yourself some Harry Potter socks. Well, uh, that'll be great to listen to the Harry Potter. Well, it's not really a Harry Potter Christmas album. It's just a Christmas album. It's a Christmas album uh branded with with the wizarding world but we are going to go into this we're gonna go through this kind of like an advent calendar episode by episode and and listen to the whole thing and 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 uh subject you all to that as well how do you Um, how do you feel about christmas music uh i am a huge fucking dork in that i i like (laughs) i like christmas music but with the big asterisk there being when when you ask me, do you like Christmas music? I'm like, oh, yeah, I love medieval polyphony. I mm. love listening to a, a, a medieval Christmas album of nuns or monks chanting in, a, in an abbey for an hour. That's great to me. Love that shit. Sure. Um, do I like Christmas music as it is on the radio? N- no, but I will get it stuck in my head anyway. Yeah, I have a real problem with that. I think that I, for whatever reason, like just always have a song stuck in my head, like just Mm -hmm. pretty much constantly. Um, What is it right now? (sighs) So um, there's like a little hardware store that's closing near my near my house. um, And they have a sign up and it says closing sale. So right now the song I have (laughs) stuck in my head is closing time. Yep, that's the (laughs) one. So I've I've got that one rattling around for the last week. You don't have to shop here, but it might be nice. Right, yeah. So that's that's what I've got going on. So I'm actually like I'm not saying that I like Christmas music, but I'm looking I'm feeling like if I listen to some I might I might at least mix it up in my head and not hear mm. closing time anymore. <laughs> okay. So uh, what we're going to do is we have the playlist open in YouTube here. We're going to start on track 1, What Christmas Means to Me by Thomas Aldridge. Who is that? Uh, Thomas Aldridge plays Ron in The Cursed Child. <laughs> 
wasn't, but Cursed Child, yes, okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dif- different, different Ron. Okay. Um, so I guess without further ado, I guess let's do a little countdown here. We're gonna go yeah, three, please. two, one. Uh, this is never, the king I don't of, like I don't like Christmas music. I change my mind. This is the King of the Hill theme song. It is. <laughs> I guess the cursed child people can probably sing, right? Probably a higher yeah. a higher chance of being able to sing. Yeah. Okay, so here's my thing with this. Sure. Very impressive for them to package this as a Wizarding World album, right? Uh-huh. And not even try on the first track to imbue any sort of, like, wizard stuff. Like, there's no, you know, there's no, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do bells. There's no, there's not really even any, like, magical, like, sleigh bells. I this can't is just... believe this. This is, this is the music you hear in the grocery store. This is the most neutral Christmas song of all time. This is the theme song to a made-for-TV Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. Now, this could go to the theater. Those are real low-budget. Okay. Yeah, a 90s Christmas. This could be like a 90s Disney Christmas special. Like an opening credits. We're getting introduced to the characters. We're getting introduced to the town. Uh, people are building snowmen. There's like a Scroogey guy who is like, ah, go away, kids. Stop building a snowman on my lawn. Yeah. That's what this is. Yeah. Oh, key it- change. I just, yeah. the song is nothing to me. Wait, did you just say fill the tree with angel hair? Yeah. Did you talk about pasta? No, that like that spun glass stuff. Oh. I'm gonna fill my tree with spaghetti. <laughs> oh, I was about to say let's skip ahead, but this is almost over. This is a short track. I Take- I'm forming some new lore because we okay. we know. We know they celebrate Christmas at Hogwarts. Yeah. We know that they're all Christian. No Wiccans allowed at Hogwarts. None of them. It's a very Christian story. What if wizards really just listen to the same Christmas music? Like, what if, what if the cultures <laughs> of like they just didn't like diverge since they all celebrate Christmas? They celebrate in the same way. They celebrate with Christmas trees and all of that. What if they're all listening to the same music? Like, what if you go home, you're Draco Malfoy, you go home for Christmas, and and your dad, your pureblood dad, is is just listening to this song. He's just listening. Yeah, you go home, you're like, ah, I hate muggles so much, but goddamn, you have to admire Bing Crosby's pipes. Right. Are are the are the Malfoys listening to the Mariah Carey Christmas album? I think so. I think absolutely they are. One hundred percent, absolutely. Oh, okay, our next track is going to be "Let It Snow" by Claudia Kim, who you might remember as a character with one line in the last movie. Wait, is that Nagini? That's Nagini. I love when they crouch in the alley and and share some bread because they're that is a, they're street street uh, urchins urchins in the Disney film Aladdin. <laughs> that was a, a beautiful deleted scene. We didn't yeah. even get that oh. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Claudia Kim, let it snow. Uh, I'm very excited for this one because I've 
like I said, she has like one line in the movie. I've completely forgotten what Claudia Kim sounds like. Sure. So this is this is going to be a surprise. Let's fire it up. Three, two, one. Okay, more of a smooth. This is this is better than the last one, I would say. Just I like some jazzy bass. That's nice. Sure. They're oh, all so short. Oh, it's it's two minutes long. Yeah, this, these these are like SoundCloud rapper song lengths. Oh, I'm remembering that "Let It Snow" is a really bad song. It is nothing to me. I feel nothing. I feel like what's going to be the real like defining uh, 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 like aspect of this torture we're subjecting ourselves here mm. is whether we are going to be able to tell any of the singers apart. Like, I'm kind of expecting every male singer on this to sound like Thomas Aldrich did. Sure. Because this is so, like, overproduced. Like, this this has such... I mean, that's why. You say it's torture. This is nothing to me. Like, it, it, just, just, it just completely fades. I, I feel... I feel like I could take a little nap with this with this music on. <laughs> no no I like, problem. I, I like the xylophone. Whatever that is. Ding the ding dong bells. That's alright. I, I really am entertaining myself in just kind of my in my neutral boredom about this music, imagining it in canon, right? Like how how Like the first you, the first you... one was, you know, the Malfoy family Christmas coming yeah. home. Lucius Malfoy is in a sweater listening to that. Um, this, this is one Ginny. I'm, I'm imagining like a really like slow, uncomfortable scene um, where uh, Nagini is is like singing this to like an audience of one, and it's Voldemort. And it's like <laughs> you, you know, it's like it's like yeah, yeah, and then, and then like it kind of you know, it's very cheery, but it like transitions halfway through to have that like ear ringing, sinister vibe. Oh, like, something sure. Horrible happens. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea of he a He probably kills snake. a baby is probably what happens. <laughs> this this song is over. Yeah, it's over. It was easy. Ah, oh, okay. Next up, next on the docket, Kevin Guthrie. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Now, who, who is, is Kevin? Kevin Guthrie? Kevin Guthrie is... Okay, this is not helping. He was in Dunkirk. <laughs> That's not a Harry Potter movie. Uh, wait, hold on. He is Mr. Abernathy in the first Fantastic Beat. Who is who? Mr. Who the fuck is I... Mr. Abernathy? <laughs> is it the newspaper man? Abernathy? No. Is Harry it the newspaper Potter. son? Mr. Abernathy, Harry Potter. Oh, he's the one that switches place with Grindelwald in this in the beginning of the second one as well. That is but not. Was, that is not but, a character. That's a. That's a nothing. But I think he was also played by a different actor that's in a, that. That's a Star Trek red shirt character. <laughs> this, this he is, fulfills one role. Here's the thing. This is like the opening salvo of the album. Is Thomas Aldridge. <laughs> Claudia Kim and Kevin Guthrie. We're not even getting like, I mean, like, Where's Rupert? I, not, yeah, no, no Rupert. No, not to spoil anything, but we get no Rupert and no, you know, there's no Daniel on this. Uh, uh, 
but we do get Kevin Guthrie who played Mr. Abernathy. Okay. All right, let's go to the track and we will go in three, two, one. Very, uh, very Christmassy. This one's almost three minutes long. Oh. Why are This one makes me a little uncomfortable. This is, yeah. Oh, I did not like the way he said glistening. Why are all of them, like, country-tinged so far? That's just Christmas music. They can't help it. Overproduced Christmas music always does that. Yeah. I can't make out any of the words. Yeah, he's he's doing a, like, sexy whisper, but it just sort of sounds like he's sleepy. Good for him. I'd be sleepy, I'm a, too. It's making me a little sleepy. <laughs> it's your turn. What what scene should they use this song in, in the in canon? Um... This has to be like a Christmas at the Borough thing where Ginny and Harry are like exchanging furtive looks at each other and it's really uncomfortable for everyone involved. Yeah, oops, we met met in the stairway and oh, your shoe's untied. Oh, just kidding, that's actually in the movie. Ah, that happens in the movie. (laughs) There's a a horny shoe tying scene in the movie. I hate it. They put that right in the movie. They put it in the damn movie. It just didn't have the song. It should have. Ooh, a little guitar solo. Mm-hmm. God, it's gonna need to look a lot like Christmas. There are toys in every story. Christmas music sucks. It really does. <laughs> That's so bad. Damn, it looks like Christmas. There's shit everywhere. <laughs> Oh, he's really. Mm. It's very. In- this is a very intimate performance. This isn't really resonating with me. I don't know this actor. No. Well, he's Mr. Abernathy. How could you forget? How could I? Okay. Uh, these are way shorter than I thought they were going to be. I can. Can we? Can we do one or two more here? Sure. Because I'm. I'm looking at the next one, and it's called the Christmas song. This is the one. Who this is, is the Christmas song. Ooh, it's, uh, it's by Chris Jarman. Who is Chris Jarman? Bro- brother of Chris Jugson. Jugson <laughs> and Jarman. Jugson and Jarman. Chris Jarman is... He is Rubius Hagrid slash the Sorting Hat. Excuse me? In what? The video game? Uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh. Okay. He is also Dr. Dillamond in Wicked. He's in Doctor Who is as Dancer. Mm. They uh, really... He, I'm not trying to insult any of these 
any no. of these artists, but like, damn, they really brought out the the A listers, huh? <laughs> right. That's the thing. The, nothing against the actors specifically. Like, the, what what they do is great and des- better than anything on here for sure. Uh, it is the part where I I want to see the meetings that happened that led to this album, and and like like who who was it in like in the WB conference room who was like, what if we did a Christmas album? with all the beloved actors from Harry Potter and the CEO was like, you're a fucking genius. Get them all on the horn. And then like Rupert says, no, Emma says, no, Daniel says, no, like it was like, Oh, but we got Claudia Kim and Kevin Guthrie. We got Mr. Abernathy. They didn't get any of the like current. I mean, they got, I guess they got Claudia Kim, but it's not like, it's not like Eddie Redmayne's in here. I guess mm, they got Allison Sudol and Ezra Miller. Those got those have to be like the big ones, right? Oh yeah, those are the big Ezra Miller. That's a get. That's a get for sure. Oh, and Dan uh, Fogler has one. Oh, Dan Fogler. Oh, Dan Flo- Fogler is the next one actually. Yeah, but the, let's hear Chris Jarman's "The Christmas Song." Uh, we're going three, two, one. Ooh, little Twin Peaks. I just want one of these to just, like, kick it up a notch. I'm ready for someone to, like, to carry this album. My hopes would be, I I, I would say, not to put any pressure on Mr. Folklore, but my hopes would be on him. Wait, is Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire called The Christmas Song? I believe so. Is it really? I always thought it was just called Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. I believe it is the Christmas song, and I only know that from many years of high school orchestra. Oh. Okay, okay, you're right. Christmas song, com- commonly titled Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, mm-hmm. uh, or Merry Christmas to You. Yeah. So there, it has three titles. These are so boring. Why? I, you know, I knew that they were not like canon songs. I knew that they weren't right. going to be about hippogriffs or whatever. But I thought that there would be something Harry Potter about them. And I guess I only thought that because it has Hogwarts on the cover. <laughs> Foolish of me. Foolish of you to assume. Maybe we can bang out this whole thing. I like. I, I think I'm calling a ringer on the Christmas song. This is us opening the advent calendar all in one day. Yeah, I'm 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 very sorry to Chris Jarman. No disrespect to to, to Mr. Jarman, but I think I do not need to hear the other half of the Christmas song. Okay, let's move on to Hanukkah Oh Hanukkah by Dan Fogler. Hanukkah Oh Hanukkah by Dan Fogler. He needs no introduction. He's the one character we like from Fantastic Beasts. And it's really just because of the actor. Yeah, Dan Fogler. I mean, he's best playing himself, right? Like he's. Yeah. He's. Just, G- he's give me a countdown. Take me out of this horrible. Yeah, we're going in three, two, and one. Ooh. This is a song about two warring tribes. Oh hell oh, yeah! Here we go. Here we fucking go. Finally. Dedicated to the Goldstein sisters. Oh, definitely. They're the greatest. Wherever they may be, hit it. Oh my god. Dan Fogler. 
Wonderful. Oh, I'm waiting for the drop. <laughs> oh, here it comes. Holy shit. Thank you, Dan Fogler. This fucking slams. It was all worth it. Like, he went for, how can anyone else here look at what they turned in for this and feel good about it? Listen to this. This is incredible. Oh my god. I've changed my entire narrative of how this, this album came about, and the only thing I'm thinking is like, Dan Fogler happened to be around some executives and was just like, hey, check this out. <laughs> and it's like, we have to make an album. And everyone else sucked. Holy shit. Listen to that. I hope that's him. I mean, it's probably not, right? But like, I hope that's him rocking out there. I'm rocking out. I'm rocking out. This is so good. <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh, this is all worth it. <laughs> Why is he doing it as like a tenacious thing? <laughs> This is the only song you did on this album, too. Yeah. Why didn't he do the whole thing? Because he brought the heat. He, this is it. <laughs> oh, shit. Wow. Tenacious D impression. What's up with that? It's so strong. (laughs) Still going. This is the longest one yet. Yeah, this one this one comes in at four minutes and it deserves its runtime. Wow. Dan Fogler, hats off. <laughs> he did not have to go that hard. He didn't. He, he really did not. Everyone else is doing like lounge covers of Christmas standards. He brought a like spaghetti western version of Hanukkah oh Hanukkah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dan Fogler. That fucking slammed. That was great. I loved that. All right. Well, I feel like it's all downhill from here. Shall we do Silent Night by Michelle Gale here? Yeah, I guess so. Who is this? Michelle Gale. Uh, I'm unless unless we're getting some more Fogler style slammers here. I I, I think we can probably go through the rest pretty quick. Michelle Gale yeah. is. 
Michelle Gale is Harry Potter. She's the new Hermione. Okay. Uh, uh, as of like last year. Sure. Or last because uh, uh, they, they, they swapped. They did an actor swap recently. Okay, so this is Hermione singing Silent Night in three, two, one. Uh, it's three minutes and 40 seconds yeah. and I fall asleep. I don't know how much. Just going to take a little nap. Okay. This is every Silent every, Night. Every I rendition of Silent Night. Yep, okay. All right, we're good. We're going on to Merry Christmas, Everyone by Warwick Davis. Uh, Merry, uh, Warwick Davis uh aka wicket in return of the jedi and he's flitwick in harry potter movies yeah uh let's listen to merry christmas everyone i hope he brought some heat yeah three two one okay sounds like a decemberist song No, it doesn't. <laughs> All around me. Children play. It kind of does. Uh, <laughs> it kind of does sound like it's Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> I don't mean that as a slight on the Decemberists or this song. I'm just making an observation. And celebrations. People dancing. All night long. I don't care for this. You know, I, mean, I don't I mean, care for this. I think this is not bad. I mean, it's definitely more characterful than any of the other, like, nothing songs. Yeah. Which I guess is what I would want from an album where I know who the singers are yeah. for other things. All right, shall we move on to Santa Baby? Ugh, can we skip that one? It's various artists, it's which various scares me. Artists. Okay, well, let's let me check the Santa. Wait, well, I don't know why it says various artists when, according to the website, it's by Poppy Corby, Poppy Cordy Tooch, Poppy Poppy Corby Tooch. Who the fuck is this? Oh, she's the e- she's the evil Grindelwald lady. Uh, oh, mer- the hot lady. The- the hot lady from the new from the last Great. movie. Hot lady baby murderer. Hot Love lady that. baby murderer singing Santa baby. That's perfect. Three, two, Santa. Oh, mm, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We're gonna go in three, two, one. Oh, not another fucking country inspired. Come on. Dan Fogler just really showed everyone up here. Santa baby. Um, so this one has to play over a because you know the movies just keep having to get darker. So this is gonna be over the baby murder montage in the number five. <laughs> the to murder babies. The only thing the Grindelwald does, it's bad. <laughs> I really hate this song. This is a terrible fucking song. All right, all right. I've heard enough. I've heard enough. Uh, what are you doing, New Year's Eve? By I do Hermione. not. I do not know this song. Three, two, one. Sounds like. Maybe it's much 
all of the other ones they've done here, except the damn Fogelware one. I just don't think I know this song. Yeah, I've never heard of this song. What are you doing New Year's Eve? It's like, is that really Christmas music? It's like the it's, it's a magical time of year. Wait, there's another voice. Who is that? When it's exactly 12 o'clock that night. Is that Thomas Aldridge again? It is, is that Thomas that Aldridge again. Okay. All right. Heard enough of that one. Uh, I'm just, I'm looking for that high again. I know. I don't think it's going to happen. We're going to listen to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Alison Sudol. This is uh, a big star. This is a big star. So maybe she brought out the big guns. Uh, this is Queenie. We'll go in three, two, one. Oh, no. I think this might be up there as one of my least favorite Christmas songs. It's a pretty... Yeah. Have yourself a merry no, oh. no, thank you. Oh, no. no she's thank doing, you, Allison. Oh, she's doing the... It's not her fault they gave her the worst Christmas song. Yeah, but I wonder if they chose these, you know? Oh, this this is a uh, this is some we have bananas and avocados <laughs> performance. I I feel like you know you know there's always that kind of discussion about whether Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies, which I'm not very interested in. Yeah. But I think that they could just make them Christmas movies, make the whole soundtrack Christmas songs. This can play over um, Queenie's inevitable death. Oh, that's a good. I was gonna say either her inevitable death or. This has to like, like in the middle of like a huge city destroying action sequence, all the sound fades mm, out. Yeah. And we get this, you know? I love that. Oh boy. Mm. This is a lot. She's doing the voice. I can't yeah, handle this. Yeah, I've had enough. Yeah. I've had okay. enough of this. Tapping out. We've got White Christmas by David Bradley next. Who is David Bradley? David Bradley is Filch. Oh, great. It's Filch. Here he goes. Uh, we'll go in three, two, one. Mm. A little mm. bit of twang. Mm, the twang is back. I could see um, Filch being in a band when he's not uh, not working. Yeah. He's like in a Hogsmeade band. Hell yeah. Like a bar band. Yeah. With a little bit of twang. Yeah. I don't like this. This is... Sorry, Filch. Sorry to Filch. The, the, I will say that I was complaining earlier about the country influences, but the twang here is going far enough that I'm like, if this wasn't a Christmas song, I'm like, yeah, here's a, some good Twin Peaks background music, right? Sure. Like, like it's it's approaching that territory, but mm, I'm... Nope. We're moving on. We've got two left. We've got O Come Emmanuel by... Uh, William Nadilum. He, uh, William 
played oh it's yusuf kama from crimes of grindelwald who yusuf oh okay this is uh going to be more time than he got in the movie for sure are you sure because there was that long part where he uh had exposition in the echoey tomb oh that's right and that felt like it was about 10 minutes long you're right I was I was thinking because there's there's the part where he like goes into the bathroom and like a worm comes out of his eye. Right. Yeah. There is uh, that too. And that was like most of his performance. But you're right. He was in the big exposition scene. The, the okay. comedy exposition scene. Yeah. All right. We will go in three, two, one. The twang is back. I don't know what I keep expecting, but it's, it's just not always this. this song. Yeah. Or not this song, but there is just, this is um, department store music to me. I thought it was going to have some, like, Hedwig's theme, Twinkle yeah. Magic sounds and stuff. Yeah. There, it's also a collection of the sleepiest Christmas songs. To be fair, if I am going to listen to a sleepy Christmas song, this is up there. This is what I would want to listen to, so it's fine. I like the Christmas songs that are more, like, religious, I guess, if that makes... Or at least the ones that are, like, about the the first Christmas, right? I'm I'm more into that, like, the lore than I am about, like, oh, it's the, the weather is cold and there's toys in the store. There are toys in the, in the store. store. There's yeah. toys in the damn store, right? <laughs> exactly. There are never toys in the store. This is all right. Sure. Cool. All right. We got one more. We've got Oh Holy Night by I assume one. this is this one's going to be wacky. Ezra Miller singing uh, Oh Holy Night. It, I could, it could go either way. Is this going to... He's either going to take this very seriously or he's going to go go crazy. Right. Um, uh, we will go in three, two, one. Oh. Mm? What? What the... F- I feel like he—it's like an impression of something, but I can't put my finger on what. What is happening? Why is he singing <laughs> over the Deus Ex soundtrack? <laughs> oh, mm, I don't wow. like that. Wow. I feel like this is going to turn into like an esports hype song. Yeah. I don't think it's going to. I uh interesting <laughs> I, I can't stand that 
the anticipation song, like sound in the background. It drives me crazy. I'd like to read a comment from the, the YouTube yes. comments on this yes. track. I would go oh, to church whoa, every sorry. day. What was that? I would go to church every day if this was all they played. Oh my god. Me too. <laughs> what are you thinking oh, about this? How are you feeling? I'm confused. I'm my fight or flight is like really on edge here. Sweet hymns of joy in this is Christmas in, in Tron. Yeah. I wish it would cut that out. <laughs> oh, it did. Great. Oh, there it is again. It's back. Hmm. Is he trying to do an M83 song? He's trying to do the Battleborn trailer song. That's what this is. Why though? <laughs> he can't go that low. He can't do that. That's some intense stuff. What scene will this play on top of? Uh, Creedence finding out he's a Dumbledore and then Dumbledore obliviating that from his memory. Mm, sure. Oh, his synth Some is very wet, real wet sound farty. <laughs> Wait, that's the end? What? Yeah. That was all. That was a build. That was all build up. No, no, no release. I know. That. Oh, I am so angry. Oh, <laughs> you can't do that. That was it's. That was like one of those troll SoundCloud accounts where they like play the like build up to a Skrillex song for twelve minutes and never actually start it. <laughs> that there was no payoff for that. No. Dan Fogler mopped the floor with everyone. Oh, easily. Not the, even close. Like, like I'm picturing, like, th th if, if this album was the burly brawl from The Matrix Re uh, Reloaded, everyone else is a shitty Agent Smith, and Dan Fogler was just beating the shit out of them. Just Absolutely. completely handed their asses to them. Uh, I guess thereby proving that Hanukkah is a superior holiday as well. Wow. Yep, so, I guess so. Congratulations, Dan, uh, for winning the album and perhaps uh, the holiday, the season, mm -hmm. the Absolutely. entire season. Yeah. <sighs> the plan originally was for us to just do this as like uh, uh, you know a couple of songs at a time, but I'm kind of glad we did it this way because if if I had if we had recorded an episode where all we listened to was like Santa Baby, What Are You Doing, New Year's, and and the Allison Sudol song, I think I would have died. Who was this album for? Apparently no one, because the uh, the YouTube video, the high, so this Ezra Miller one is the highest number of views any of these YouTube videos have gotten, and it's 954. Are people sleeping on the Dan Fogler one? Yeah, they are. The, That's the messed up. Yeah, only 800 views on that one. I, like, this didn't, this did not get retweeted a bunch that Funko Pop that they have pinned right now, they say, like, oh, it's it's super 
uh, it's super scary. It's gonna go. It's gonna get sold out. I don't think that's sold out yet. Hmm. Uh, it got forty nine retweets. Oof. Uh, and zero replies. Um, I'm really surprised that they didn't um make it more Harry Potter y. I'm yeah, that's surprising and disappointing. It's like they didn't I really that do was the anything point. with it. It's just a very generic department store background Christmas album, except for the Dan Fogler one and also the Ezra Miller one. Yeah. The uh the Lumos Twitter account has 24 retweets on this and two replies. One of them is, this was a wonderful magical soundtrack I listened to this morning and it warmed my heart. And then the other one is, Ezra Miller sounds so much like David Bowie. Mm. Which I emphatically mm. disagree with. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. I don't really know about that. But yeah, this this seems like it was kind of a wet fart. I mean, I guess I don't, I can't see the like. Here's the thing. This is a charity album where every sale you they donate one pound 20 to charity the album cost ten dollars i bought it because i need the files to put in this episode and i'm mm-hmm. a fool so i have given them one pound 20 for charity is anyone buying a christmas album in the age of spotify like <laughs> this is this is weird I, like how did how is that going to get calculated like like how 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 are you going to get money from a christmas album for charity on spotify right which already pays nobody i i'm this is truly baffling but thank you so much to the wizarding world for this this wonderful why didn't they make it weird why are they just it, it feels like they just tried to make a like good generic christmas album but i feel like they could have made a worse album that is more harry potter or more, more weird fun like right like yeah because there are there are one one million extremely average versions of the christmas song right yeah 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 so why would you go out of your way to get chris jarman who's in harry potter to do a completely average version of it i don't get it put in harry potter words put in harry potter words that shit up make it in universe give us give us like the, the the i mean get get all these actors right like like so you can, like have it be like fun easter eggs like oh yeah chris jarman and allison sudol they're uh they're the weird sisters now and they're playing uh deck the hippogriff with meat for it to eat or something yeah be, but like do that go go i'm about to say like go the extra mile but i guess really it's go any mile go one mile go any miles at all please for the love of god uh, cause yeah, this is just t- t- pap. It's, it's nothing. Um, but thank you to Dan Fogler for, uh, that beautiful fucking, uh, 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 re- rendition of Hanukkah oh Hanukkah. That was, that yeah, was fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, I'm unbelievable. Uh, it was all uh, worth applause. it. They should have just released that as a single. That, yeah. If it was and just, just called it a day. Yeah, if that was, like, just a single they released out of the blue, if J.K. Rowling retweeted that or something, powerful. Would have become a meme, for sure. Which is, <laughs> Lord, Lord knows, the Wizarding World could use that publicity right now. But uh, with that, I guess we should probably take it to the close, huh? Yeah. All right, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out on Patreon. We are almost at 
a thousand dollars, which is so cool. Um, but if you uh, if you subscribe now, if you are not a subscriber currently, you'll have access to all of our bonus episodes and our Let's Plays of uh, uh, Order of the Phoenix, which is a lot of fun. And we will be putting up more video game content soon, I hope, as well as uh, other bonus episodes and uh, uh, stuff like that. And uh, hey, what are we reading next week? Uh, we're reading chapter 10. It's called The House of Gaunt. Uh, Sorry, I don't sound it's, very excited. Uh, Pensive chapter time. It's time for some lore. Lore time. Lore we've had time. Plenty of, we've had plenty of fun with the characters we know and care about, so wouldn't you just rather learn some lore? <sighs> Can't wait to learn some lore, but... Even though, as you can tell, we are both so excited about learning some lore. Please, please read another book. Please read another book. Dream, but there's a lady there. Makes ocean raw seem tame. But know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.